It's Rhine time. I'm really feeling it. Welcome back to Bizarre <laughs> Podcast, Dogs Must Die. My name is Grant. You can call him Chip. And today we are finishing, that is right, finishing going through the episodes of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stone Ocean with episodes 36 through 38. So when I went into reading Stone Ocean mm-hmm. earlier this year or last year. And into your designated reading room, yes. Yep, yep. What happens in these final three episodes were the only things I knew that happened in Stone Ocean. I, I got spoiled on this like all the way back when I was like reading part three. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so it was really weird going through all of Stone Ocean, knowing, oh, I'm waiting. I, th- this ending is the ending I'm I'm leading up to. Okay, <laughs> and like these three episodes are like. When, when does the big thing happen? The last four minutes of the second episode we're going to talk about. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like the last four minutes of the, of the end, too, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We begin with episode 36, Made in Heaven 1. We got another recap. We got to recap yep. all the crazy shit happening. All, all the crazy shit that happens we talked about last week from when Jotaro arrives on the scene, basically. Yeah. Uh, you know, some good tactical moves that nonetheless fail, and Poochie explodes in a ball of light. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then the OP plays, and we see Sea Moon crumble to pieces as Anasui Spider-Mans his way up the <laughs> hull of the space shuttle. I, I love you don't see him, Spider-Man. No. <laughs> He's just there on the side He's of the shuttle. There. Keep in mind, like, the space shuttle is, like, pretty high in the air now. How the fuck did he get up there? Mm-hmm, Star mm-hmm. Platinum throw him? <laughs> well, he, he just sent Diver down through the atmosphere to ah, carry yes, him. of course. So yeah, he, he's clinging there on all fours, and he swings a left hook at Poochie, which is when his arm unfolds into the same bright light, and what comes out, it's not snails. Don't no. worry, it's, it's very akin to the snails, but in fact, it is Poochie's third stand birthing from, from his forearm. <laughs> Was that part of the ritual? Do we need this man's arm for the stand to come out? I don't yeah, know. Dio didn't mention that part, but it kind of goes without saying, somebody's going to want to punch you yeah. all the time. And that's good, uh, actually. <laughs> And so all Anasui can do is swing with his right instead, but but he's overwhelmed by the glory of heaven, the light shining out, uh, uh, bathing the entire world. And the next thing we we know is that Jolene is waking up uh, uh, on one of the Orbit Cafe's picnic tables for, for their outdoor dining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's all alone. Gravity is normal and in the standard downward direction. Yay. And a news, uh, uh, the news is on. A news anchor who is not voiced by the narrator for some reason. Insane. What the fuck? Who what, is this man? What happened? We don't hear the narrator as anyone but the narrator this entire time. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, what happened? I don't know. It's it's the power of Poochie's new stand. He killed the narrator? He killed the narrator, yeah. What a villain! <laughs> Our favorite guy. <laughs> But but the news is covering the disaster on Highway 405, where between one and two thousand people died. <laughs> it's really hard to tell. This We're is either still a- counting the chunks. This, I guess this is either a lot of people's blood or one person had a lot of blood. <laughs> Did we get a number on Green Day? No, I don't think this so. This might be 
I, it's got to be neck and neck, but without a, yeah. an estimate from an official source, there's really no way to tell. This might be the deadliest day in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure history. It, it, pretty good chance it is, yeah. It's number one or number two. Uh, so, But suddenly, suddenly, Jotaro, speaking of uh, history, is standing <laughs> there. And Emporio and Aramis are also starting to wake up from being passed out. And, and Jillian's like, hey, hey. Where's Anasui? And he's right behind her and is like, oh my god, thank you so much for asking where I am. That means so much to me, you don't know. <laughs> and despite giving birth to a stand through his arm, he's good. Like, yeah, he's yeah. bloody. He's as, as good as any of the others. <laughs> he's bloody, but not much more than, like, Jolene is. His arms are fine. Uh, and it's just like, hey, we gotta find that space shuttle. Jotaro figures that, like, hey, uh, we got thrown 200 meters away, and everyone else is like, nah uh <laughs> what does it matter? Uh, yeah, no one remembers being blown away or anything, uh, but You're they are- You're in a different place than you a were a minute ago. And they can clearly just look to their right, and there's the space shuttle. It's fallen back down to the ground, uh, and this whole time- in the background, in many of the shots, you can see, you know, it's a nice, bright, sunny day, but, you know, a good amount of clouds still in the sky, and all the clouds in the sky are moving pretty quick. Yeah, they're, they're booking it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody, nobody is really bringing forward a plan. Uh, it just sort of starts to rain bef- while they're gathering themselves and not embarking on any action. Mm-hmm. And including Hermes, who thinks that Pucci was just like faking ascension in order to escape. <laughs> yes, I don't know. He could have just had a bunch of like camera flash bulbs. You don't know he he fucking yeah. achieved heaven. Oh. Whatever. I'm going into the space shop here. I gotta get some. <laughs> yeah, get, get some souvenirs for for my family, <laughs> my entirely dead family. <laughs> so yeah, Hermes just like goes to to go back into the cafe, and Jotaro is just like, hey. Wouldn't go in there if I were you. And then it immediately stops raining. It rained for about 10 seconds. And everyone's mm-hmm, just like, mm-hmm. hmm, we're pretty soaked, even though it rained for 10 seconds. Uh, and it's just like, okay, well, is it a, like just, you know, one of those weird rainstorms you get where it's, you know, just like a one cloud or whatever. And as Hermes goes to walk back outside, the automatic doors suddenly smash closed on her foot at like incredible speeds. She's under attack. I, yeah. I, I'm surprised she still keeps her feet yeah. af- after this. And like, this seems like some some missing time business. Jolene, you've got to call your uh, your last estranged cousin. <laughs> yes. He has experience here, please. Yep. And then all of a sudden, everyone, no- like Jotaro notices that, hey, we were just soaking and now I'm like bone dry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hermes like is freaked out by this. You know, as she's still trying to get up off the ground, she bumps up against like a trash can that's got some debris on it. The this little chunk of concrete falls on her head and knocks her the hell out. Yeah, Anasui even notices that it's about to fall, but as soon as it's about to fall, it has fallen. Yeah, and so the news anchor, because the news is still going on, is surprised <laughs> that it's time for him to suddenly stop because the evening news is finished. It's already sunset. It is time yep. to go to I don't know Will and Grace reruns or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, what what uh, what would be the reruns in at the at this point in time? Two okay. and a half men. All right, it's it's what is it? It's March twenty first. Yeah, uh, two thousand twelve. Is it just Big Bang Theory? Let's see. Uh, name one of the big four networks. What do you what do you think? Is this an ABC? Is this a CBS? Is this a Fox? Is this an NBC? I'm good. Well, okay, so it's a TV that's on 
not in someone's home, but outward, like a bunch of random people. So I'm going to say NBC. All right. The voice. The voice is about the to come voice. on. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, the NCAA women's basketball tournament is also happening right now, but okay. uh, they usually don't interrupt that for local news anchors talking about one to 2,000 dead people. <laughs> And so, yes, the sun has suddenly be- begun to set. And so we cut away to somewhere else entirely to watch yes. the world's most hideous little girl order some ice this, cream. This child looks like a dark crystal podling. <laughs> I can see that. And she is ordering a five flavor ice cream cone. She has almost recreated Chicago's famous rainbow cone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's remarkably close, actually. <laughs> also, it's $6 for that, it's which six- seems... That's so good. That's so good. Yeah. But as soon as she goes to eat it, it has already melted. Poor kid. Yep. Then we go to a Major League Baseball game in a stadium in the middle of March. No, no, (laughs) that's not true. That's false and fake and false. No, Uh... I refuse to dignify this screen, this scene with further (laughs) description. You can if you may, but I will sit out. Uh huh. I, I, I got nothing for that one. I don't know what it could be. There's nothing good to, ju- to justify what that game could be. And for the amount of people filling the seats for it. Just the amount of seats. They don't play in their regular stadiums during spring training. Yeah. But anyways, one, the, the pitcher winds up, throws a pitch, and you can't even see the ball go. It's just suddenly in the umpire's glove. And it's just like, oh, wow, this dude just pitched the fastest throw like ever. <laughs> Amazing rookie here. And we, we continue to see that the, the clouds in the sky are moving pretty quickly. We cut to a little girl reading what appears to be Shonen Jump, I guess. It says Jump, it's, at least. It says Jump, and it has the logo oh, on does. the other side. It's, yeah, That's right. It does have the little pirate logo. It's just Jump. <laughs> yep. And she's blowing her nose, and before she can take the, the tissue away from her face, it is already dried and hardened, uh, uh, adhering to <laughs> her face. So much wacky, insane shit is just happening. We we cut to some guys working in I don't know the back like back of a kitchen, restaurant, back of a restaurant, yeah. and some guy is like telling another dude, "Hey, we need to go get some more meat from the freezer." And he goes into the freezer, and he immediately freezes to death, like it's the fucking Shining. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. just entirely encased. He's an unfrozen caveman, like sous chef. Yeah. Uh, the, we're back to the baseball <laughs> game again. I have my principles. I am a conscientious objector to the baseball scene. Mm-hmm. There's like a, a a ball gets hit, and it's like a pop fly, and this guy goes to catch it, and the ball falls so quickly it tears through his jaw. So this old dowager woman is crossing the road with her shockingly normal-looking terrier. Very normal. (laughs) This is the most dog-dog in the history of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. And when you... And yet again, no harm shall come to a dog after Angelo is turned into a rock. That's the end. That's the end of dog harm. The the instant I saw was reading the manga, I saw this, and I forgot about this scene, honestly, and I saw it in the anime, and I was just like... Oh shit! Is a dog finally gonna die again? And no, no, no. This this dowager uh, uh, gets run over as she tries to cross the street. The dog is thrown around and and flung <laughs> this way and that as another car drags the severed arm of the woman that is still holding his leash. But but after that moment's confusion, the dog gets away. A okay, it's Yay. fine. Some 
other like Coast Guard guys are trying to land a helicopter or something, and uh, the helicopter is going too fast, and they slam into the ground and explode. In full view of the heroes, I, uh, I like to imagine that if we plotted this on a map, Mm-hmm. And there's no way we could be, uh, uh, at least as viewers, because there's no like location information for most of it. But it would make like a big circle around them and come back. That would be cute. Wouldn't that yeah. be cute? I think that would be cute. That would be cute. It doesn't happen. Uh, but these helicopters, the helicopters that were shown here and in, in the previous uh, uh, episodes, appear to be Sikorsky HH-60 Jayhawks. Okay. And the Coast Guard currently keeps 12 of those in Clearwater, which is by Tampa. So there you go. Okay. And they've lost three in this one week, day, it yes, seems. Yes. Yes. Three, three in one very long day. Yes. <laughs> We've lost a quarter of uh, the, the Clearwater uh, Coast Guard Air Wings compliment. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that's just the ones we saw. That's minimum. This is a dark day. So... Hermes now accepts that Poochie does indeed have another ability. <laughs> yeah, wacky shit is going on. And you know what convinces her? Blood, the most useful yes. substance of all time. Yep, because, you know, Hermes has a head wound now from that concrete falling very quickly onto her head. But even though she was bleeding just a second ago, the blood is dried and hardened. And same with Jolene and everyone else. Jodoro's watch is just running way, way too fast. Uh, The sun and stars are moving visibly across the sky. Mm -hmm. And this is the middle of the episode. We we see a little title card for Star Platinum. It's been a while, old man. Mm -hmm. Welcome back. The background for Star Platinum here looks a lot like the art you would see in the the ending for the first half of Stardust Crusaders when they were using Walk Like an Egyptian. Mm-hmm. It kind of looks like that. But yes. Now, like, after the that mid-episode title card, yeah, we can see stars and clouds moving very rapidly across the, so- the sky. Like, the stars are streaking across the sky. Jotaro is thinking to himself about, like, the acceleration of time, and maybe you should share with the class, huh? Come on, collaborate a little. Come mm-hmm. on, man. Come on. Uh, but something, something is moving at super fast speeds in the picnic pavilion. <laughs> yes. Like, you can't even really make out its shape. It's just a streak of light is hopping from, like, pillar to pillar. I think there's so something so distinctly American about, like, wanting to put this in, like, a spot that is really a temple to achievement, right? Mm-hmm. To, to, like, as one of Dio's sons laid out, like, one of the greatest most transcendental uh acts of humankind and the way we lay that out is with yeah a picnic pavilion where you can eat your eight dollar 75 cent cuban sandwich yes (laughs) (laughs) i I was thinking about that promise of eating the cuban sandwich just a day or two ago i was just like oh yeah can't wait for that to happen <laughs> I'm invested in this. It, it will be the second most historic thing to happen at Cape Canaveral. <laughs> yeah, other people other than Jotaro are, are noticing there's something moving around, but they just they can't figure out what the hell it is or even really get a uh, get it in the center of their vision. And so Jotaro stops time mm-hmm, to try and mm-hmm. get a look at what the what the fuck he, this thing is. But uh, five seconds ain't what it used to be, basically. <laughs> yeah. He gets a quick glimpse at what's what's going around. It's mostly concealed by a pillar, but we can see a little bit of like a head of a stand and also a horse. Mm-hmm. 
So as time restarts, Diver Down saves Jotaro from getting punched the fuck in half. Yes. And that is when Anasui finally introduces himself to his beloved's father. (laughs) Yes. Even when everything's real fucked up and the world seems to maybe be breaking, Anasui takes the time to ask Jotaro for his daughter's hand in marriage. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And Jotaro responds, quote, Wait, what did you just say to me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I have a daughter? Isn't she like seven or something? I haven't checked in in a while. Yeah, I... <laughs> Uh, and Anasu is even just like, I know this is not the best time, but I need your permission. You know, if if you give me your permission, it would mean more to me than you'll ever know. Uh, and it's not like I even feel worthy of marrying her. And sure, I have been branded a murderer. Says the admitted murderer. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason the allegation stuck. Come on. It's yeah. because you did the murdering. He goes on to say how he knows that he's not deserving of, of Jolene's love, but he's just so attracted to her qualities, which she inherited from you, Jotaro. So really, I think you're hot, too. Uh, <laughs> but, but he's like really pouring his entire heart out right here, talking about how, you know, Jolene is the light that guides his best self. And the dream of loving her is what compels him to righteousness. And it's as sweet as this petty selfish <laughs> baby man could possibly be <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> the dude again, knows what he wants <laughs> yeah, he knows what he is but he believes he could be something else and that is something really compelling and i really enjoy mm-hmm. uh, uh this side of anasui that his his infatuation is really developing in him but I also enjoy that Jotaro once again turns to him and says, quote, I don't know what you're talking about. Are you insane? Yeah, yeah. And this whole time this is happening, Jolene is moving around in the background and she's just setting up like a defensive uh, thread perimeter to detect any high speed stands so that they don't get chopped in half. <laughs> she's got work to do. Yep. Oh, but but yeah, as, as she's weaving this uh, uh, detecto net once again, she she uh, has to come over to their side of the rooftop and like steps over and places her hands on Anasui's chest and is imploring everyone to stick together. Mm-hmm. Something I en- I've always enjoyed about this show, and uh, I, I love to see it come back, is mm-hmm. like nonviolent physical touch. People yes. touch each other. Like, whether it's uh, uh, big bro handshakes or these gentle little, like, hey, I'm talking to you, let let me touch you, so, mm. so that, like, we have this strong, like, attention connection between us. Uh, uh, yeah, it's good. It's good. People mm. should touch each other more. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's 2023. Touch your bros. Come touch on. your bros. That is a lesson I should take. I am bad at hugging. I always feel awkward, even when it's I good friends. I hugged you a week ago. I know. You were I, fine. It was I, good. You I did, did a it. good job. Yay. Finally, <laughs> a, re- a review on the quality of my hugs from friends. <laughs> I needed this. <laughs> so, so, yeah, she made she made a, a, a web of warning. Anasui is just like, yeah, yeah, okay. But also, knowing look at dad, you got you just say yes. Just say it. You have to just say yes. He does not say yes. No, he does. Instead, 
he holds his daughter and lays out the situation for everybody. Mm -hmm. I also like that this situation is serious enough that they show that like Jotaro is sweating. Like he looks nervous during this part. Mm -hmm. Like even he is like shooken up by this. Uh, And it's just, okay, this guy is super fucking fast. It looks so fast. He is absurdly (laughs) fast, but like, listen up. It might seem like we're cornered here, but getting up on this roof was a good decision. This guy is going to have to come like straight at us to kill us. It's still possible to punch this dude. I can stop yeah, time. Yeah. We just got to time it really good. He he gives a comparison to like, okay, if time is running, you know, X speed faster than normal, that means normal running speed appears to be something like uh, the bullet train in Japan. Mm-hmm. You are talking to a whole bunch of people that were born and raised in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of the people in your group never left a, the, the prison in which he was born mm-hmm. until three days ago. He didn't know what a bus stop looked like, and he was excited <laughs> to see one. I know he's read lots of books, but still. But but yeah, uh, sure, he can run fast, but he cannot run faster than eyesight. We've we've still got him. We outnumber him. It's going to be okay as, as long as we keep our head. Sure, sure. Yeah. So Jotaro, again, sees something you know, flash in the corner of his eye down below. So he stops time and he looks down there, uh, spends nearly the entire five seconds not seeing him and only notices where Pucci is when he looks up to see that Pucci and his brand new horsey stand yes have bent a palm tree back in order to <laughs> to launch themselves like a fucking Hanna-Barbera cartoon hell yeah with a tree catapult Pucci the most Wally Gator of all <laughs> uh, uh, JoJo's villains I must he, say he somehow learned about uh, when the summoned memories of the Miami Dolphins ran straight up a palm tree and got the idea <laughs> from them <laughs> So the first four Pirates of the Caribbean movies were out by now, and I think Pucci was deeply, deeply inspired by On Stranger Tides. Perhaps the only person alive who was. (laughs) So so Pucci has indeed launched himself tree-wise onto the rooftop and is, is... making big circles around them too fast, too fast to pin down. Mm -hmm. Star Platinum punches the air, and then Jotaro's neck just bursts into a slash of blood. Yes. Everyone sees this happening. Everyone gets a reaction shot of Jotaro's neck, like, bursting open and him falling in slow motion to the ground. And, Mm -hmm, oh, mm -hmm. fuck, Jotaro's dying. I love how they split the screen into, like, these five or six segments uh, uh, that are all... It kind of looks like a cockpit view of a Mech Warrior game sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Jolene, in slow motion, is reaching out towards Jotaro as... And Poros is like, oh, fuck, because it, uh, Pucci is zipping around absurdly fast and is going in for the killing blow on Jolene. Just before that can happen, time is stopped again because Jotaro is okay. Pretty much. He's pretty much okay. Pretty okay. He survived things worse than this, kind of. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) He did give himself a heart attack that one time. He did. And the reason why he has survived is because Diver Down dove into his body and absorbed the blow. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. He, he, he took the, the brunt of that fatal slash to uh, his flipper hand, which is a <laughs> non-fatal wound to, to either of them. Yeah. 
so so now in stopped time Jotaro like knows exactly what he's got to do he pulls all of the ladies out of the way and crawls on his knees into their place to intercept Poochie's leap yep he still took enough damage that he's still you know bleeding pretty bad from the neck and he's having he can't get up he can't stand up He's, yeah, he's just yeah. crawling, trying desperately to reach Poochie before time is up so he can just crush his skull. Uh, and he just, he is not able to. He's too far away. He's out of Star Platinum's range. And he's also thinking to himself about how th- his time stop ability is not quite cutting it here because he can only stop time for five seconds. Mm-hmm. Isn't just quite enough time to react to how fast Poochie is. He's got the cooldown period after yep. all. <laughs> yeah, he ha- he can't stop time consecutively. He's got to take time to catch his breath. So he he just isn't able to get to Poochie in time. And so Poochie like posts up on the corner of the roof here and starts talking, which he has not done from his perspective in hours. So you know it's yes. killing him. Yep. And and talks about how like th- this is the power that he has has been questing for. This this power is meant to guide humanity to everlasting happiness. And he introduces this brand new stand made in heaven, which is a maxed out Digimon. And I love that for him. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Look at all these bits and bobbins all over it. Yeah. The, he. This is a Digimon. So this stand is made in heaven, localized to maiden heaven like maiden mm-hmm. woman and so this stand i like the design of this stand it is from the waist up a humanoid stand basically all white except for some green highlights on like the tops of his hands and its shoulders mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and it's got uh, a rainbowy feathery collar extending out from around its neck it's it's got lips no nose or eyes and instead in p- place of that is a big like clock Basically. A big old clock, a big old clock, and uh, above the clock, around the, the dome of the rather tall cranium, is uh, spiked green vines, or perhaps a crown of thorns. Ooh. Ah. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh, but the most notable thing, the, the elephant oh, yeah. in the room, <laughs> is that this stand does not have legs. This stand has the front half of a horse attached to its yes. waist. Yes, it's got the head of the horse, the the from the front legs down. Someone found a centaur and chopped most of the horse off. It chopped it from where the man's ass would be. Imagine, <laughs> imagine if you are going to an old timey play and two people are playing a horse. <laughs> yep. And the person who's playing the back end of the horse is an actual cowboy, and and bandits attack, and so it. It, that guy comes out of the horse ass costume <laughs> and gets on the shoulders of his friend who plays the front end of the horse. Yep. Also, in, in this example, the cowboy uh, does not have legs. <laughs> so the only yeah. legs available are the front horse legs. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's made in heaven's That's body. Made in plan. heaven. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And of course, it is holding its own reins. Or rather, the why the was part. a legless man uh, per- portraying the rear end of a horse in a two-man horse costume from an old-timey play? Well, back in the costume <laughs> part, 
he left his prosthetics back in the horse legs of uh, the rear horse part of the horse costume. Yes, yes. He doesn't need them to ride on his friend's shoulders no. to take care of the bandits that are interrupting the, the big dance. Uh, it, it's also a dance uh, uh, that's going to fundraise to save the saloon which, slash youth center. You know, Obviously. I don't, you know, I don't want to spoil too much, but some of that could straight up be from the next from part seven of Jojo. You're not too far <laughs> off. <laughs> yes, that 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 is made in heaven. I fucking love this guy. He's got big brass blinders yeah. with their own clock faces. Yeah. Uh covering up the glowing red horse eyes. Uh-huh. And another big clock dial face in the center of the horse head, golden hooves, more clock dials in the like shoulders of the horse, mm-hmm. and a big like shiny brass or gold uh cable that goes from I mean, the horse doesn't have a butt because it's just shoulders. Location-wise, the relative butt of the horse. Where you would expect to find a butt but do not, and then runs up into uh, uh, between the shoulder blades of the the man torso that rides the horse that it also is. I Mm. love this stand so much. It's a cool-ass design. (laughs) It is a wild design, but it somehow loops around to being kind of cool. Yes, yes. I don't know if if you take Anjaman to the dude ranch <laughs> and then confess your love to someone this pops out. Yeah. It is a pretty damn good stand design for what this, you know, ability yes. he's been reaching for yes. this whole time should look like. It is a really it is a weird holy looking thing that looks that is yeah, kind of biblical looking, kind of more aligns with, you know, the the internet meme that goes around now of, you know, biblically accurate angels you know oh they're all Mm -hmm. fucking weird they're just wheels with eyes and shit like that this feels like slightly inspired by some of that stuff but uh the namesake the namesake of made in heaven is of course made in heaven uh the queen album made of posthumous uh uh, freddie mercury vocals that he left just for this purpose just like when the writing was on the wall did a bunch of vocal tracks and said, hey, boys, have at it when I'm gone. Mm -hmm. And then that's where Made in Heaven comes from, uh, which I think is really fitting for the the ability that Made in Heaven has and uh, the the purpose it is put to. And I also just think the the opening track, It's a Beautiful Day, really fits like if I was an AMV man. (laughs) Yeah. That is the song for for my Poochie's POV AMV. Mm-hmm. That would fit pretty well, actually, yeah. And yeah, so so Poochie is is sitting here with his stand, made in heaven, on the corner of this roof, just standing here, staring the whole gang down. Mm-hmm. And he decides out loud that, hmm, I was going after Jotaro first because he's the like main guy who could fuck me up right now. But it turns out Anasui should die first because he keeps keeping people from dying. <laughs> Got to take that healer out first, uh-huh. or more, more Shoot like a the medic. Shoot the fucking medic. Yeah, and and this is the end of the episode. Pretty much, yeah. The the stand is revealed. Uh, Pucci's plan is as revealed as it's going to be until it's too late. I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and yeah, his sights are now set on Anasui. And you know what? So so are mine. Look at them abs. <laughs> Episode 37, Made in Heaven 2, 
Uh, so yeah, we, we have a recap, of course, of the crew noticing the world is basically on fast forward and yep. Poochie's palm spring maneuver <laughs> and uh, uh, ending with that formal introduction of, hey, guys, I have a third stand, mm-hmm. which takes us right into the OP here. And ever since, ever since uh, Snail Time, I've been expecting uh, the bit of the OP where that features weather report over a field of clouds for the clouds to part and reveal part of his backstory, like mm. like the hanging tree. Yeah. Doesn't happen here. Doesn't happen. In, instead, what does happen is Emporio just screaming, ghost gun, fire! Yes. <laughs> As if the trigger is voice activated or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he does this right after Poochie is telling everyone, like, hey, your deaths are nothing personal. It's just part of the whole thing. <laughs> And yeah, then Ghost Gun Fire. And Jolene is just like, Emporio, that's not, you're never going to be able to fucking hit this dude with a bullet. Because he dodges. Of course he dodges. He, I, Ghost Gun, questionable utility. Shooting at a guy who's as fast as Barry fucking Allen. But it turns out, aha, he was not aiming for anyone. He was just shooting the bullet just out into the open air because Hermes has stuck a sticker onto mm-hmm, a, uh, mm-hmm. that bullet. And so now, hey, everybody, let's grab on and be just one big unit because uh, we're going to yank the sticker off this bullet and fly through the sky as fast as a bullet. <laughs> the, the five of them link their elbows like they're, they're doing some sort of silly physical challenge at church camp. Yeah. Uh and and yeah, ride this bullet to another building in the complex just labeled First Meteorite. Mhm. I don't know what that is. There's mm-hmm. no elbow-shaped building in the actual location. What does that sound like to you? A museum? Yeah, another exhibit. Anyhow, Pucci is fucking spin dashing below them, yes. keeping pace on the ground. <laughs> The, the way the animation conveys his speed is pretty good, because not only is it, you know, just tons of speed line, lines like on him, but he himself is flickering in and out of existence every couple yes, of frames. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, like he is so fast that you can't even completely see him the entire time. You get the idea that he's just like gesturing all the stuff, but it just averages out into him standing still and flickering and blurring. Yeah. He's an actual blue blur when he runs. Yeah. Very, very very dark blue. Sure. But. And so the plan is, okay, we got to keep getting the fuck away from Poochie. Let's fire another bullet and just keep flying through the sky. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Anasui says, hey, uh, shoot bullets to take us to the ocean. Because the ocean is where we can, quote, kill this psycho time wizard. <laughs> oh, so frequently the final bosses of JoJo parts are time wizards, aren't they? Uh, <laughs> and psycho ones at that. Yep. So so Poochie gets to the rooftop of First Meteorite before uh, the group does and, and like swipes at them and just barely misses uh, uh, when Emporio does just that. He fires, he tears uh, the, the sticker off to divert their vector over uh, toward the marshlands. Mm-hmm. And so Anasui is starting to lay out his plan here, which is, okay, this dude is absurdly fast. But that means he can't punch that good. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> the four of us with punching stands are really, really strong. So, like, we're all going to have a turn to just take his face off. Yeah, this guy only has two two arms and is, like, he can't punch all of us at once. <laughs> when he's busy... 
killing one of us, we can kill him. And Anasui basically volunteers, hey, he wants to kill me, so I'm going to let him murder the shit out of me. And when I, when you see me die, Jotaro, when you see me start dying, that's when you stop time, because he'll have to be <laughs> close to kill me. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that's when you smash his face in. Jotaro has one problem with this plan. Yeah, he's probably going to try to kill me first, though, no matter what he says. That's yep. his That's his objection. Yeah. Everyone else's objection is like, no, Anasui, you can't die. You're such a guy. I was going to say <laughs> nice guy. We don't know what type of guy you are. We can't d- make up our you minds about you, but we enjoy your presence. <laughs> nice is different than good. Let's stick with yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. You're on our side, and that's great right now. And like... When Jotaro's objecting, like, okay, he still might try to kill me, though. Anasui's like, okay, cool, whatever. Uh, I have Diver down, like, no clipping through all of your bodies right now. None of you are going to die. So, yeah, they all have one hit that he's going to absorb before they die. Again, this is Sonic the Hedgehog. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He is their rings. That's why he was so upset Jolene threw away the ring. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now she's vulnerable. Oh, shit. And yeah, the the signal for them to all attack is not only seeing Anasui die, but they will feel a sensation come through them, Mm -hmm. through his stand that is clipping through all of them. They'll just feel like a weird twinge, and that's when you know he's dying. (laughs) Emporio, of course, protests because, you know, uh, Anasui is one of his special little guys that lives in his ghost hole. Yeah. He already lost one. He can't lose both of them. So Anasui, like, twists around inside the big group hug, gets right up in his face, and gets all these crazy eyes, uh, yeah. and just shouts that it's time that he's going to ask Jolene to marry him. And she does not seem to notice. Yeah, yeah at first. From 18 inches away. Yeah. But eventually Jolene does turn around and just say, and mm-hmm. she just says, sure. And Jotaro goes like... <gasps> You know, she's, she she's just like, yeah. Said, you you should you should propose to me like now if you want. Do you want to? You should you should do it right now. Yeah, and she's saying like I'm not saying this just because like out of despair, like we're all about to die or something. But like there's a little bit of hope left, uh, and so you know if this adds to the hope, <laughs> let's fucking do it, dude. And Jotaro is just staring at them because I think this is the first time he's considered that people can like each other romantically. Yes, yes. <laughs> Neither of you is a dolphin. What is this? Hmm. Uh, and so, yes, they, they all eventually land in in the wetlands, in the ocean here. Mm-hmm. One last bullet pu- pulls them in, in a last minute curve Yeah, in, into knee deep water. They huddle up again. And the reason, the reason Anasui was like, hey, g- get us in the wet stuff is because while Poochie can run on water, he leaves little splashes behind with every step. Mm-hmm. Just like Sonic the Hedgehog. Just like, <laughs> just like Sonic. <laughs> Which makes him easier to find than if he's just like running around on, on pavement naturally. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, uh-huh, clever, clever. Yeah. Except Emporio begins to notice that time is accelerating at an accelerating rate. We're doing calculus over here. We have to run an integral on yep. time. Yep. It's just constantly accelerating. You you see the sun start to rise over the horizon very quickly. Jotaro's watch is starting to speed up so fast that you can't even see the hands clearly. 
And so an anonymous scientist is on the news explaining exactly how the effect works from some experiments that I think he just did in his garage. Yes. Experiments that mostly involve dropping things. So uh, living things, living things and uh, whatever they, they are directly interacting with are moving normally, mm-hmm. but everything else is moving along with the clock. You know, the sun, the stars, the clouds. Uh, the, this glass object that I drop is suddenly moving with the clock and it shoots so fast down to the ground that, that it uh, obliterates into tiny shards faster than anyone can see. Yep. And now it's time for another montage of people dealing with this effect in their lives, starting yes. with... Oh my God, this Starting fit. with a manga artist who is so absorbed in his work that he has not noticed that this effect is happening to everybody. He just notices the sun is up and he's getting really down on himself that he couldn't finish a single page even though this night probably took, like, what, half an hour? Yeah. And, and he's so unable to draw because by the time he takes his pen out of the inkwell, the nib is already dry. He can't make marks, and it's so, so fucking frustrating, which is when his editor calls him. And I got a question. What kind of asshole is this editor? Right? <laughs> He's not calling up with like, hey, you should turn on the TV. The whole world is fucked up in a thousand different ways. Yeah. He just says, hey, did you know that Rohan Kashibe yeah. finished a whole story? Yeah. What in the world is this? Rohan. This scene is just there because Araki wanted to get in one more Rohan joke. <laughs> a great joke but this editor is a monster who does this help what are you doing is it is it the editor (laughs) from one of the fucking the spoke shorts i wonder oh yes yes oh it's it's uh kyoko kyoko what's her name i think it's kyoko yeah it's it's gotta be the millionaire village one (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) because she does seem like the type of person who would not who would perhaps just absentmindedly not realize that time is accelerating. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, well, Rohan got his pages in. Yeah. He does this thing where he just dips a, a, a brush in ink and splatters it like Jackson Pollock, and it turns <laughs> into a perfect likeness of himself. Yeah. It turns out just selling pictures of Rohan is the top the, It comes out on the top of the chart every week. <laughs> we cut back to our heroes. And the tide, the tide is now moving so fast that that uh, foot splash advantage has gone away. You you cannot see them amidst the waves. Mm-hmm. But the plan still goes off, by which I mean Anasui gets a hand plunged through his chest. Yep. And Jotaro manages to stop time with everyone still in range. And as he, he trudges through the waves to get behind uh, Anasui to just obliterate Made in Heaven... That's not Made in Heaven. What had happened was mm-hmm. Made in Heaven grabbed Stone Free by by like the, the wrist and, and elbow and used Jolene's stand as a weapon yes. to kill Anasui at a, a certain degree of range. Mm-hmm. So Jotaro has to wade even farther to punch Poochie. And by the time he, he's uh, pulled himself through time-stopped ocean to, to get beneath him from where he is, like, hovering in the, the time-freeze air mm-hmm. with his hand over his face, Dio, D- Shadow Dio yes. style. Yes, Shadow Dio style. <laughs> 
that angle lets him see that Poochie has stolen one of Dio's moves, the knife trick. Yes. And dozens of knives are about to kill Jolene. Yep. There's one literally like grazing her skin on her neck, just barely starting to plunge into her. And so, yeah, Jotar. And it's not even just like, oh, you recognize this as Dio's knife trick from part three. Even Jotaro goes, fuck, he's doing the thing Dio did back then. <laughs> Again, recognizing the gesture should have given you a hint, but now, yeah. like, five seconds isn't forever. Uh, he has to, to choose between killing Poochie and saving the world or saving Jolene, who is his world. Oh. Uh, where were you the last 17 years? Damn it, Jotaro. <laughs> I'm not letting it go because it matters. It fucking matters. There was a really cool d- starfish. It God, was that starfish. So cool. It had 12 legs. So cool. It was so cool. He fought a starfish with a stand, and that was a whole thing. It was like a yeah, star yeah. thing, but not. Yeah, I, I read the other Thus Spoke Rohan things. I know about fighting seafood. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so Jotaro chooses to grab Jolene and throw her out of the, the way of the knives. Only one knife kind of grazes her. So he misses his chance. He he goes in for a big punch rush, and Poochie is able to dodge it. Of course, of course. Yep. Uh, and that's our mid-episode title card, which is Made in Heaven. Well, I mean, this is after, after Poochie just pops up like fucking Jaws to yes. say, it seems you were late by two steps. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Poochie's fun when he's totally masked off. Mm-hmm. He's, he stops, like, puking every ten minutes. Yep. Uh, so yeah, the, the title card here is Made in Heaven, of course. And so back in the action, he does like the the most obligatory and rote anime villain thing to say, ah, your weakness is your daughter. Uh, you don't have to say it. We just watched it. I expect you to be a little more grown up, a little better than this. <laughs> yeah. So now like the, the plan uh, misfired. So everybody's just scrambling out for themselves, trying to do what they can, which in Aramis's case means leaping forward and both of her arms are just slashed off. Yeah. P- Poochie moves at like supersonic speeds. Both her arms get slashed off and it, the, the same slashing blow uh, leaves a large gash that suddenly just streaks across Jotaro's face vertically, like the from his the his jaw for the third time. For the it's the same yes, thing every is, time. It is yet again the the way Thoth in in Star's Crusaders predicted Jotaro to die. And as Jotaro's sitting there with this large gash all the way across his head, Jolene, who's just floating the water, looks at him and tells him, "Hey, Dad, I'm sorry." I did steal a car that one time. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the way this is written because it's hard to tell how much is her like deathbed confession and how much is just like her being delirious from exhaustion and uh, as we'll see in a moment, blood loss because there is a knife buried in her hip. Yep. And just thinking about back in her leotard days, stealing the car and, and knowing in her heart, I know dad will save me. He fucking didn't. As she says that, Jotaro's head splits in half and he's died. He's dead. <laughs> and he still doesn't. Yeah. The yeah. right side of his face just falls off his fucking skull and he's dead. Uh, and that's when Jolene sinks below the waves and Emporio is here. Hey, guys, Emporio Emporio's hey. here. More traumatized than any little boy has ever been. 
Yeah, and Poochie <laughs> is just looming over him behind him and and going like, hmm, I bet you want to kill me because I killed your mother. Emporio is the only survivor of this episode. Mm-hmm. He spends the next episode and a half, the entire remainder of Stone Ocean, screaming <laughs> yes. and crying. This, this is so <laughs> fucked up. But yes, so... Emporio, tears streaming down his face as uh, every single protagonist and hero in Stone, Stone Ocean has died. Uh, <laughs> he he just starts blasting off shots from his ghost gun. Pucci Every last one misses, of course. Uh, and then some invisible force just like picks him up by the big boy britches and, mm-hmm. and pulls him away from Pucci. Like at rapid speed. A- as butterflies start to float around the edges of the frame. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. And, you know, we're back at the site of the slaughter and, you know, there, there's Aramis dead. There's Jotaro dead. There's Anasui dead. Jolene's not there. Mm. Ah! And so all of a sudden, a huge punch rush comes out from underneath the waves from Stone Free, which Pooch is able to dodge all of those, but fails to dodge the final blow, which is not a punch, but one of the knives thrown straight at his face. Yeah, yeah, he gets an, a knife through the eyeball. <laughs> yeah, uh, Pucci's English voice actor has a really good line read here, which is just, he gets really, he's just super pissed off, and he just shouts Joestar, just screamed at the top of his lungs, <laughs> as he dives under the water and starts flying <laughs> through the, the, just like Superman flying straight up. You don't see a stand yeah, or anything. Yeah. He's just got one even, hand out. Even if you're an absolute ride or die purist, like you have to recognize the validity of of the Stone Ocean dub for like episode 37 alone. Everyone yeah. is going like beyond 11. Everyone is killing it. It's mm-hmm. so good. Mm-hmm. And as you see Poochie swimming uh, under the, the the ocean uh you can see that he the speed he is going at is basically the same speed as dolphins that are at his flank yes yes and the reason we're using dolphins as as a metric here they're, they're not just around they're deeply involved because of course mm-hmm. of course jolene cujo is a friend to all dolphins yes <laughs> she, she jolene is still bleeding profusely from the side but she has lassoed a dolphin and is riding it, and she has she has taken Emporio and slapped him on top of the dolphin. He he's got his Darwin arms... play. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Finally, the crossover we've been waiting for. <laughs> dolphin fact: nothing is faster than a dolphin. Exactly. <laughs> So as Jolene explains to super speed Poochie swimming after them, like his legs kicking like he's a fucking motorboat, they have hitched a ride on the perfect ocean distance swimmer while he is merely a very, very fast man. Yes. (laughs) Dolphins don't have to leave some in the tank for the swim back. Because Jolene also watched Gattaca. She loves loves the films of the Mm mid-2000s so much. (laughs) Jolene is, uh, you know, her her right arm is down to the elbow because so much of it is thread. Yes, yes. The the idea is here that yeah, the Poochie can go really fucking fast, but what's his stamina? How how long can he do that for? He has to service to breathe way more often than the dolphins. Yes. Yeah, she she starts telling 
Emporio that, hey, you know, the reason why I was able to do this was thanks to the sacrifices of everyone else who distracted Poochie just long enough for me to do this trick. Uh, and Emporio, I need you to keep on living. I've got faith in you. You know, you, you'll be able to survive. As Jolene's thread gets longer and longer and she tells Emporio that she's not going to be able to come with them. She's got to stay behind to take on Poochie and distract him while you make your escape. And Emporio is very upset about this. He does oh, yeah. not like receiving this information one little bit. Yep. More screaming, more crying as uh, Jolene cuts the, the line and, yeah, uh, uh, retracts uh, her string to square up in yet another Jolene Kung Fu stance. Very cool looking stance, which unfortunately... So fucking good. Unfortunately, does not help her as Poochie collides with her and you see... Uh, Stone Free's severed arms float to the surface of the ocean as it fills and with the blood. Sunglasses the sunglasses cracked and broken as, oh. as Jolene Cujo fucking also dies. <laughs> just dies. She dies. She just gets, yeah, she just collides with them and explodes. It's fucked up. So back in town, the people are just shouting exposition as days pass in seconds and all perishable food is worthless. Yep. And the, the buildings wear out as, as you watch, and uh, the dead bodies of our heroes in the ocean shallows are decomposing. Also, people's clothes are rotting off their bodies. Yep. Uh, an ice age approaches. Yes. People's teeth start falling out. And Emporio continues screaming, but yes. now naked. <laughs> yes. What the fuck is going on? Even the rocks are changing shape. You know, when is time going to stop speeding up as, like, the sun is now just a golden halo? It's it's moving so fast, it's just one solid shape. Like, there's there's a strong parallel to um, the part of H.G. Wells' The Time Machine mm -hmm. that I don't know if a lot of the uh, uh, film adaptations or anything keep, where he goes way, way too far yeah, in the future. Yeah, I know what you're talking and, about. And, like, there's giant crab monsters and shit. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Uh, I love that part. Anyhow, that's mm -hmm. basically what's happening as geography itself is is moving. A chasm opens up and swallows the ocean while he's riding uh, uh, dolphins into the crevasse. It's yeah. so fucking good. Basically, the, the earth collapses into a glowing lavender spiral and all living creatures are arrayed around it. Yes. In the most, like, galaxy brain, all is one circle of life, like, breatharian yeah. fucking take on, on harmony with all God's creatures. Yeah. And then... <laughs> And then all of humanity and the, the giraffes and the monkeys and the squirrels all fall into the center of the spiral. And so Emporio wakes up beneath a trash can. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Naked under a trash can. Having witnessed the cosmic expanse of time itself. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Emporio is one of the witnesses of the Book of Revelation, and also he's naked under a trash can. Yep, yep. <laughs> and so he he wakes up. Yeah, he he gets out from underneath the trash can. He just tries to figure out what the fuck just happened. Where the fuck am I? He sees a his clock clothes, on his clothes. His clothes are arrayed next to him, like his mommy laid them out yes. for school. Yep. <laughs> 
a mommy he does not have to like poochie killed her he just said so a minute ago emporial looks up and there's a clock on the wall and it's ticking away at the the normal nice time that it should be going and he recognizes this trash can in these walls he's in green dolphin prison and he looks into to one of the the large rooms and the prisoners and the guards are also naked and also confused one of the guards uh, uh, just shouts, this ain't good. I'm naked on camera. They'll misunderstand. <laughs> yeah. And so, yes, Emporio has woken up. Like, he goes, oh, shit, I know where I am. I've been here before. Uh, and it's not just, you know, within the prison. He is, like, right outside of the visiting rooms, all the way from, you know, the start of Stone Ocean. Yeah. I mean, the first time Jolene and Emporio met is right here mm-hmm. in the trash can, right? Right? Like, they didn't meet earlier, did they? Uh, no, he, they met earlier once, and that was when, like, that That's she's in the right. library. In the lot, yes. This is where he gives her his mom's pelvic bone or whatever. Yeah, yeah. This would have been more meaningful if it was the place of their first meeting, but okay. Mm-hmm. And so that that's the end of episode 37. Would you be surprised to hear that uh, Jolene and Jotaro's final words to one another were an anime original addition to the scene? Oh my god, of course it is. <laughs> of course, course it is. Of course. Every it was time. really good, too. Like So... It is time for the end, uh, but the moment has been prepared for. Episode 38, What a Wonderful World. (laughs) So once again, Emporio finds himself naked outside the visiting room. And now, in this version of the telling, instead of hearing a guard afraid he'll be accused of some sort of sexual malfeasance, Mm -hmm. here's Jolene yelling at Jodro inside the visitation room. Yep. But he peeks in there, and they're... They look wrong, and and they act wrong. Like, this Jolene is is petulant, and this Jotaro is pleading. It's not right. It's not right. They the, All their designs are slightly different. Jolene is, like, Bumblebee-themed now. Her hairstyle is different. Yeah. Jotaro's face is disgusting. Yeah, he's, he's very lumpy, and, like, he doesn't... Like, okay... Part three to part six, he has a lot less muscle mass. Like, mm-hmm. like if you if you lay them over each other on tracing paper, okay. But this dude looks like he never had muscles. Yeah, yeah. His his clothes fit wrong. This is some uh, other man who is cosplaying as Jotaro. Yeah, and you know what? Have fun, but maybe smile or at least yeah. get the the grimace right. I don't know, one or the other. Uh, while Jolene's face is just a lot pointier and more aggressive looking. Yeah, her eyes are like narrower and yeah. Mm-hmm. Four buns instead of two. And and like you said, instead of butterflies on hearts, her uh, chest emblem and tattoo are like wasps or, or hornets or something yeah. on uh, spades, like the, the card suit symbol for spades. Mm-hmm. This lady sucks and this guy sucks. They, yep. they both suck. Yep. And so Emporio is just wondering, what the fuck is happening? What, when, when is it? When is it? <laughs> and this is when... And as he wonders <laughs> this aloud, Poochie walks up, still bloody-faced, and is like, Hey, motherfucker, it's November 30th, 2011. Mm-hmm. These events are probably not related to the UK breaking off diplomatic relations with Iran, but <laughs> it happened at the same time. Oh, man. So Poochie just punches out fake Jotaro. <laughs> Yeah, he just walks into the room and is just, it's like, world's his oyster. Yeah, just throwing him around and shit. 
as he continues explaining, loves to explain this guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, that they went so far in the future that they're beyond the end of time and in the universe that followed. Yes. Yes. The, the universe collapsed into a single point again and then expanded yet again. We're in a new loop. And followed a remarkably, almost exactly similar course, because that is fate. What happens must happen. Uh, it's fate. It's gravity. That's just the way it is. But with one exception, you see. Mm -hmm. Because those who died during accelerated time, so uh, Jolene, Jodro, Ermis, Anasui, that lady walking her dog. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, the baseball pitcher, who I will not speak of more. <laughs> The dead don't come back, so their souls are eliminated, and some, like, new people are just, like, doing shadow plays of their place in history. This yeah. asshole idiot Jotaro still managed to kill Dio, so that's gotta suck for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy somehow punched Dio's in the foot so hard his face exploded. Yep. But he sucks <laughs> and I hate him. Yeah. And Poochie is saying, okay, everyone who ever dared to interfere with my destiny, they've all been erased. Except for you, Emporio, prepare to die! And then it's, it's, <laughs> we're, we're in the OP. <laughs> and uh, this OP was a fucking roller coaster for me. All right, uh -huh. so let me just... <laughs> uh-huh. So it starts, and it's... The exact same OP as always. And I'm like, where's my fucking sound effects? Mm -hmm. I have an expectation. Where are they at? And I'm I'm a little grumpy about this. And and then it gets to the part with all the like uh silhouettes of our, our heroes over black and white imagery of what brought them there. Yep. And now the clouds behind weather have parted and <laughs> uh -huh. it isn't just the hanging tree. It's Perla halfway down the cliff. Yep. That's so fucked up. Yep. And I think, okay, well, better late than never. And then, and then right after that part, you get to um, Poochie with what were silhouettes and are now finally revealed as the Sons of Dio. Mm -hmm. And uh, the clock in the middle of the courtyard uh, the courtyard in the prison where Jolene was pinned by the frog rain yeah. and got the disc to Savage Garden, that courtyard. And it's ticking. Ah, oh. ah, which is when Star Platinum pops up, stops time, tries to punch Poochie and fails. Yes. And then we go into the flipping, super rapid uh, manga pages, like motion comic uh, bits of the very first OP from part one. Yes. <laughs> and the the comic panels, you know, part ways and we're in the very first shot of the part one OP. But Jolene is in this hallway which then Facing leads, off with Poochie. <laughs> which leads into the George Joestar estate with Jolene and Poochie doing the exact same things that Jonathan and Dio did. Mm -hmm, we mm -hmm. get a fucking sweeping uh, uh, like mural of every single Joestar from part one leading up to six with Jolene. With Jolene's strings weaving between the most significant props, the, the stone yeah. mask, the stone of, of Asia, uh, the arrow that is like uh, joining both Josuke and Giorno, and then uh, the butt bone mm -hmm. is, is the fourth. Yep. 
And the the tower that Jolene is facing off against Stone Free, uh, that that is facing off against Poochie and Made in Heaven in, is is crumbling away. And the Big Bang happens, revealing the title. (laughs) Yes. And then the one last tiny bit is the the arrow shard pendant that that awoke Stone Free in the first place, crosses uh, uh, the view. Uh, and falls into the rainy street from the opening hit and run. Yep. <laughs> yep. So much happens. And and yeah, ever since like the moment before Star Platinum interrupts, it's fully sound affected again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> amazing. It's, it's so it's good. amazing. The man, the the bit where it just becomes the part one OP, like with the manga panels and everything, fucking got me pretty good (laughs) just wait though just wait just wait oh boy so with that op and a half my goodness behind us emporio is just thrown out into the hallway the door is blown off which causes a security alarm and poochie just notices it and kind of goes heh all right Mm mm-hmm because fate of course has determined all of history to run the way it always has which again fucking sucks for Dio. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But in the moment what it means is Poochie can say, "Hey, you're going to go through that crack in the wall to your special little ghost room. I know that. I'm going to kill you." <laughs> yes. Like no matter what you do, you're going to end up there and like there's there's a bit where Emporio slips through, you know, a little crack, like one of the ghost cracks in a wall, comes out in a different hallway. Uh, and Emporio sees two security guards run by, and he's just like, oh, they're going to fall. Why'd I say that? And then both security guards stop, and one guy's like, hey, I think we're about to fall. Something's going to make us fall over. Uh, it just came to so me. So we, sh- we should run a little less higgledy-piggledy. Let's, let's, let's slow down the pace. Let's be careful. And they're like, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. And so Poochie walks by, and he backheads both of them into the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because he says, quote, there is not a soul in this world who could escape their fate. Yeah. He is the agent of fate. Yes, even if that means I have to make it happen by backhanding people. <laughs> yeah. So Emporio describes yet another book he read because he's a very lonely boy. Uh-huh. This one was on, quote, the beginning and end of all things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the one time in this episode where he's not screaming through tears, by the way. Oh, yeah. So we get a big diagram. A big diagram, which is also the logo for Oprah's magazine. <laughs> yeah, yep. It's just a great big O. And yeah, it's just Emporio going through and kind of restating what has been said by, by Poochie. Mm-hmm, which is, mm-hmm. you know. the, the expansion of the universe will eventually stop in reverse and lead to a big crunch. And after the big crunch, uh, uh, a new Big Bang will, will uh, uh, occur and then, because of the nature of fate, everything will lead exactly up to this point, uh, uh, the 30th of November, and every single day before and after will will go the same way it always has and always will, mm-hmm. allegedly. Yeah. So, he begins to cry as he reflects on Poochie's explanation. Yep. And then gets right back to the screaming. Yep. And this entire time, Poochie is just Terminator walking while talking about how what has happened here will be heaven for humanity. Everyone who is... Yes, yes. Every human that was alive during uh, the the big loop that happened are the same souls, the same people, and because they have experienced all of time... With a handful of exceptions. <laughs> with a handful of exceptions. 
because these people have been thrown through the rem- the rest of time and have experienced all of it in an extremely accelerated state, everyone is aware of their fate and what'll happen. And this is this is heaven to Poochie because it means yes, yes. everyone can just be resigned to their fate and not fight it anymore. And it will continue down in the generations as well. Their their children and their children's children will have a like instinctual deep-seated foreknowledge of yeah. their personal fate and the great uh, events of the world including the invention of little robot buddies uh, yes. uh, in in the visual component of this explanation <laughs> that's uh, nice nice and so yes when everyone knows what they will be facing in the future knows their fate mm-hmm, everyone mm-hmm. can face everything head on without being afraid yeah, th- uh, this is what heaven is, a place where those with the resolve to face their future can find true and lasting happiness, because foreknowledge brings certainty, which eradicates despair. I watched this episode very, very recently before recording. I, I did the I did the Cameron Kunzelman method, I uh-huh, suppose. Uh-huh. <laughs> Save the last for the very last, right? Yeah. So I had to prioritize which of Pucci's earlier speeches I wanted to cross-reference. Mm-hmm. So I went back to, I think, episode 10, uh, which starts with Pucci killing the ant and talking about the difference between uh, people and animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, And he says that that difference is that humans want to get to heaven. At the time, I recall thinking that this was about humans striving and trying to overcome, but that's not what he says. When you have what this turns out to mean in your mind, it's really clear that that's not what he's getting at. This is just what he thinks everyone wants, at least everyone who counts to him. Mm Mm-hmm. Just being in this place is what makes humans human. Wanting precisely this. Yes. Yep. Again, the entire time Pucci is is giving this entire explanation on what heaven is and how he's about he he's basically achieved it. It's just constantly covered over by screaming and crying. And- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so Emporio finally stops running and starts. Pulling objects out of his belly button. <laughs> yeah, so if you've ever wondered where the big pocket is, it's his, it's his belly button. It's his little Bebo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what he's looking for in there as he pulls out, yeah, a fucking half library worth of ghost books mm. is a ghost gun. And then he's like, oh, nuts. My gun is in the ocean. <laughs> yep. And so he runs down the hall and Poochie's like, I know where you're going to go. You're going to turn right to go in your little room. That's where I'm going to find you and kill you. It's fate. You're going to go there. Mm -hmm. And he's like, aha, I'll just fucking turn left then, doy. And so so he steps on a push broom, which levers the handle to bust his face. And he trips backwards into that all important staircase where he's Mm -hmm. had so many scenes. And yeah, he scrambles into the ghost room. Of course he does, because yeah. it's fate. Yeah, and Poochie's at the top of the stairs saying like, okay, I could have had time loop all the way to the time where I started looping before, but in the new timeline. And then like this whole single first loop would be complete and my plan would be a success. But if I kept accelerating time while you existed... Your fate is to escape from this prison and try to fuck with me. So I got to fuck with you first. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Just got to tur- turn him into a little drone like fake Jotaro and fake Jolene. Mm-hmm. 
It's so good. I fucking I fucking love Poochie's plan so much. Yes, yes. I I love how much of it comes down to like I don't know, I'll I'll save it. I'll, I might even save it for next episode. Yeah, but I yeah, just yeah. want want it on the record that when I eventually find the words, I love this part so much. Yeah. And so as Poochie is slowly going down the stairs, uh Emporio, yeah, uh back against the wall suddenly has several memories flash through his mind of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jolene, you know, at the very end before she died, telling Emporio, like, I know, you know, you can do this. I believe in you. As I- well as a lot of other Jolene flashes. Yes. Like uh, uh, their their first meeting. I, I think Jailhouse Lock is in yes. here. It's, it's a lot, a lot of the moments where it was just the two of them. Uh, would you believe that this series of flashbacks is also anime original? Mm, yep. I mean, just imagine the page space it would take up when you oh, can do it yeah. in like two seconds in the anime after all. So I yeah. get it, I get it. But there you go. So as those memories are flashing by, in slow motion, Maiden Heaven's hand is coming in to just crush Emporio's head in. Trying to punch him through the ghost passage. And we should mention... I think this is the first episode, or at least the episode where we see in most detail mm-hmm. what it looks like when people go in and out of yeah, these ghost yeah. tracks. It's a, it's a lot gooier than I thought. Yep, you get all squished and goopy and sucked in, yeah. As both Emporio and Maiden Heaven and, and Poochie all slip through the crack, it turns out Emporio was holding on to something that Jolene gave him right at the end which is Weather Report stand disc. And he didn't just put it in his head. No, no, of course not. Poochie put it in his head. Poochie's like, Poochie trying to punch him in the face during the crack squelching into the ghost room, shoved the disc into his skull. Mm -hmm. It is an open question, uh, I I guess. I don't know if it's an important question, but it is an open one. Mm -hmm. Whether he could have taken the stand weather report on his own, or he needed that little bit of of white snake assistance to to gain the powers of weather report. Yeah. I mean, I guess it really is like, because weather report is a ridiculously powerful stand. And, you know, there was the question of, can any of us handle the stand? Because, you know, you saw what happened when Jolene tried to put star platinum in her head. Mm-hmm, and it's just mm-hmm. like, does the power of White Snake make it so that you can accept any stand regardless? Or or at least one that would be really, really tough to swallow. Cause yeah. Is, is it the, the glass of water in, in the Nathan's hot dog uh, eating <laughs> competition? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so with this, this punch... Emporio now has use of weather report. And I think there is something to like making that implicit in in the way that the slit in his skull that is accepting the disc is not smooth. It is jagged. It mm-hmm. looks like it was forced in there. Mm-hmm. Uh so so yeah. Oh shit. Oh shit. The little boy's got a big gun. <laughs> yes. He has a very, very big gun. He has perhaps the biggest of guns. Yeah. I would be more afraid of Weather Report than Star Platinum. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Star Platinum has to get close. Weather Report, if it feels like it, makes you a snail from the other side of the globe. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Only... Only if you have deep-seated rage uh, uh, at the the white supremacist structure of America. (laughs) Uh There is a precondition to the snail uh, clause. God, that's true. Yeah. So 
So now it is time for Emporio to explain the situation after Poochie has been doing it for the entire episode up to now. Mm-hmm. It, this is, I apologize, the second time he is neither screaming nor crying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he, he is speaking assertively. It's it's not quite screaming, but he's certainly raising his voice in, in a, like, now you listen to me, little shit, uh, uh, sort of way. Mm-hmm. And it, it, he explains basically the, the chain of custody that brought the disc to him and finishes with, I've been holding on to it for both of them as images of Jolene and Weather Report like fade in the background looming over him mm-hmm. like the fucking statues on the River Anduin welcoming <laughs> the, the, the fellowship. Yeah. It's so good. It's good. And, you know, like the instant Weather Report materializes... It goes in for a big fucking punch rush. It misses, but Emporio is not wasting time. And Poochie's like, I'm not owned. It's fine. You Okay, all right. You've got a big bad stand. You can't use it. Weather report was dangerous because of weather report. The the guy, I the mean. The guy. Yes. He he had <laughs> talent that made that stand really dangerous. Like again, Poochie's voice actor really going for it for this part. Mm-hmm. Just shouts that Emporio's screams of of pain and of dying will become the trumpets of hell. I'm so glad they found this guy in, like... I'm also glad for this guy that this might turn out to be his big, like, breakout major name role from, Mm. you know... Again, this and every other creative job, overnight successes have been working like eight years to be a success overnight. Yep. Like, uh, g- give respect to the grind that, that gets you here. Mm-hmm. But uh, for someone who doesn't have any major credits before this, God, what a, uh, like, um, yeah. what an example of his talents to, to do this shit, but also McQueen. McQueen. <laughs> yeah, those are it's two. so good. Yeah, there's, there's multiple types of poochie voice here like he's got mm-hmm, multiple mm-hmm. states of being they're all he does them all great oh also poochie shouts at uh emporio in the name of god i will kill you <laughs> <laughs> again i have to insist the god he's he's talking about is dio I, yeah. I believe it with all my heart uh yeah uh so so yeah he's he's in super time you know just in case i mm. guess and poochie lunges lunges at weather report but his the veins the veins in his hand swell up. Yeah. And and some invisible force flings him into the piano in the ghost room, just breaking it to pieces. Yeah. Meanwhile, Emporio's own eyes are shooting blood. Yeah. And he almost screams. Almost. <laughs> but yes, Poochie, more even more bloodied, struggling to get up off the ground. He he cannot bring himself to be more than on his hands and knees. And he's just like, what the fuck is going on? As you see, you know. And, and yet weather forecast is just looming over him. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't you know it, this this final turnabout comes from Emporio reading a lot, like a yes. lot. Yes, it all paid off, little guy. Can you believe, did you have any idea <laughs> that most important long-running detail and also long-running gag of our Stone Ocean yeah. episodes would be yeah. the remarkable depth and yep. lack of breadth in the screen in the Green Dolphin Street prison reading room. It kicks ass. It's so wild. <laughs> so once upon a time, the nonfiction book of the week club <laughs> was like <laughs> 
was reading about some of the effects of a hyper-oxygenated atmosphere, about oxygen poisoning, which, again, it's a real thing. Uh, uh, Being in a too high an oxygenated uh, uh, atmosphere, and of course, Emporio has used Weather Report to make this room 100% oxygen, Yes, is is corrosive to the body. Would it kill someone in a matter of, of seconds, the way we see it here? Don't fucking worry about it. Shut up. Well, time's also accelerated at the same yes, time. Yes, also that, yes. I, yep. And I think that's the explanation that I was searching for in the back of my head mm-hmm. of why Emporio has bloody eyes, but Pucci is fucking dying. Yeah, blood is pouring out of his eyes. The vessels in his eyes are, like, exploding. Yeah, every new symptom of, of oxygen poisoning that Emporio mentions is shown happening to Pucci's body that's just breaking down uh, into a wreck. And uh, Emporio... Thank you very much, little man, says, quote, gravity still affects you, too. You are unable to defeat your destiny. That Mm. thing I said two weeks ago, that gravity and fate are the exact same thing in JoJo's? Mm -hmm. Thank you very much, little man. I appreciate you. you. (laughs) So Weather Report comes in to to deliver the slowest punch ever. Oh, man. It's (laughs) It's a hydraulic press video. Yes. Yes, it's so great. You just see Weather Report's fist slowly descending from the top of the screen as it gets closer and closer. And yeah, it just starts hydraulic pressing Poochie's head into the ground as it slowly gets flatter and flatter and more and more blood just starts bursting from his face. And he is begging for mercy, much like the last time he fought this stand. Yeah. But, but, yep. but now it's not about like uh, getting over their personal differences, uh, like with his semi-brother. Uh, uh, it was, it's about his plan and the need to deliver salvation upon the world. If he dies now, before the events of Cape Canaveral, then this heaven will not come to be. Fate won't be laid out for humanity if I die now. You have to... You can kill me in three months, I promise. Just don't kill me right now. Yeah. Emporio does, like, a Jotaro Kujo-style fucking point at him. Yes. And goes, like... Oh fuck! What does he What does he say here? Uh, oh yeah, he goes well, like, "Don't you he, understand?" He invokes all of his dead companions, yeah, of yeah. course, and says that Pucci is the only one who can't accept his fate. Yep, which is fucking true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> go go back go back to everyone who just died. A lot of them were in the last episode. Uh-huh. They all faced death head on. Yeah, Pucci is crying and whimpering. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he just points at Poochie and says, your fate is walking down the path of justice. You're done for. As Poochie goes like, no, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> fucking. Ah! As his eyes are like rolling up into his skull and like fucking Jotaro's Stardust Crusaders theme is playing as now it's not just a hydraulic press. We're going in for uh, an extremely fluidly animated punch rush. The bloodiest punch rush, yeah. I think. Like streams of blood are coming out, and <laughs> for a and for a moment, I forgot that the carpet in this room was always red. I thought, "Oh my god!" But no, yeah, it's just yeah. the carpet. At least, at least some of it is. <laughs> and Poochie gets punched so hard he goes through the floor of the ghost room, through the ghost floor. Yep. And like and and into once again the cosmic swirl of time. Yep, and that's that is the death of Father Pucci. That's all she wrote. The mm. the the nun lady has sung, <laughs> and somewhere else, 
Somewhere else, an ant falls on desolate earth. (laughs) Yes. Near that ant is a gas station, and near that gas station is Emporio. This is the gas station and bus stop immediately outside Green Dolphin Street Prison. Mm -hmm. He's he's facing it across uh, uh, the bridge and crying. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Little guy's been through a lot very quickly. (laughs) He's crying softly this time. As as uh, just wisps of weather wisp around him, mm-hmm. a, a big old like charter bus style bus yeah. stops, and someone very much like Hermes is arguing with the driver about uh, having to break a fifty for bus fare, mm-hmm. which is the best denomination because it has my name on it. <laughs> yes, it does. If everyone could give me the little green slips of paper that have my name on it, it belongs to me. It says so. It's, yeah. That would be great, actually. You, you lost all of them. You, you like Sonic. I you signed got hit. them. Yeah, like like Sonic the Hedgehog. You you got hit once, <laughs> and all of your all my fifties came out. Yep, and now they're all over the world, like a video game collectible. He needs them back. So, so we get to the uh, point in the the argument where she's like, "Fine, I'm gonna just like go buy some snacks in the gas station here to break the fifty. Whatever, fuck you." And uh, she she sees Emporio and is like, hey, kid, can you break a 50? Save save me like 15 <laughs> feet of walking. That'd be nice. Mm-hmm. That's when the bus driver throws her bag out onto the ground and leaves without her, which is so rude. That's rude. Yeah. But all is not lost because a man very much like Anasui offers her a ride as long as she pays for gas. He's dressed kind of like Carmen Sandiego now. <laughs> giant purple hat with a feather in it yeah uh-huh. yeah just stepped right out of superfly not the stand <laughs> the movie <laughs> yeah yeah he, he he's telling that this person that looks like Hermes, like hey can give you a ride uh you know if you help us pay for gas or something and she's just like you know i'm not gonna get in a car with a stranger no thanks oh shit it's raining <laughs> And the opening strains of Distant Dreamer start to play as the rear window rolls down, revealing someone very much like Jolene Cucho. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, <laughs> her name is Irene. Yep. And she's going to visit her dad, and she's going to introduce him to her boyfriend here. Uh, what is his name? Because it's not what my notes auto-corrected it to. <laughs> Anakis. Anakis, yes. Yeah. Anakis. Do you want to know what my autocorrect uh, turned it into? Yeah, yeah. Ananias. Uh, the Saint <laughs> Ananias. <laughs> yes, Ananias. Yeah. That's right. You, you know, that, that guy from the Book of Acts? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Part seven on, Araki took a lot of uh, inspiration from naming Anasui that, and so now everyone's named after uh, bib- biblical characters. That's right. Okay, so Anakis is going to meet uh, uh, Irene's dad, yep. and uh, she's like, "Hey, hey, kid, you want to come with us? You want to? You want just just get in the car out of the rain." She's being very caring, mm-hmm. very uh, uh, loving, very supportive. She takes off her her orange sweater that is full of heart cut out holes <laughs> yes. to to wrap around him because oh, he he seems cold. He's shaken like a leaf. He is, of course continuously weeping yes he, he he's just sitting there with his jaw like on the floor the whole time uh uh-huh, uh-huh and he notices like as she kneels down to put her her sweater over him to keep him warm 
he sees just barely peeking out over her shoulder the Joe Star birthmark. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she she's been asking several times, and he finally answers. His name is Emporio. The the four of them get in Anakis's fucking fly ass car. Hell yeah. And and as they drive by a, a string of, of uh motels, also very true to the American experience. Uh, someone very much like Weather Report is hitching. Irene convinces Anakis to stop for him mm-hmm. as the opening plucks of Roundabout yes. begin to play. Yep. Uh, and from here on out, it is all all about just going for the cheap heat, but goddamn does it work. It works. So the, they pick him up, and once the plucks begin the first strums of Roundabout, uh, we freeze frame with a, a you know the small car on the road on the bottom and up in the sky are the six dead heroes of Stone Ocean. Yes. Would you believe that adding Foo Fighters to the to the lineup was an anime original? Oh fuck that. Come on. Right? Foo Fighters helped it's, a lot. It's such a layup to include Foo like I I understand the logic that they didn't die during accelerated time. Mm-hmm. These are the the people whose souls were were erased. Yeah, but there's a stronger emotional argument for including Foo Fighters that mm-hmm. I think uh, adding them what was the right call. Yeah, yeah. And then just like little stamp in the corner, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stone Ocean, the end. Mm-hmm. That's not the end, is it? No. Because Roundabout is a long-ass song. (laughs) Yep. There's two and a half minutes left of the episode. And it is a long, extended ending credit scene, completely new, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that is kind of in flat color silhouette of the Joe Star star shooting across the sky, streaking across scenes of every single part of JoJo's. It's all flat color blocks. Like, I imagine you could do this with paper cutouts really well. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the first scene we see is is Joe Star Manor, and as the camera pans uh, toward the left, you see a uh, young young Jonathan running with Danny, playing in the hills. Rest in uh, peace, Danny. <laughs> I'm committed to get to eating the Cuban sandwich. I'm not a hundred percent committed to getting the Danny tattoo, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Elena just got her second and third, and they look really nice. Oh, nice. Not tattoos of Danny, just tattoos in general. <laughs> really love For Danny. the record. Yeah. The the second is Joseph and Caesar uh, uh, encountering masked Lisa Lisa in her gondola. Yeah. <laughs> Joseph about to get his ass beat by his mom. <laughs> yeah. Next, next is the six crusaders walking over desert dunes, presumably two seconds before Ndul attacks. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Kakiween, you're about to lose an eyeball. Watch out. Mm-hmm. Next, next is the stand users of Morio going their separate ways, spreading out, leaving the the uh, Ausen corner. Yeah, uh, after like, discussing yeah, the death of Shigechi. Up. Yep. And like, where's Raimi though? Come on, Raimi's Ray- not in this, and I'm really pissed off about that. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the fifth is the Passione boys, of course, about to split up in Venice. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Giorno, Bruno, and Trish are in the boat. The other four are on shore about to make their decisions. Mm-hmm. The, the big cathedral looming behind them. And then we end with, you know, that thing two and a half minutes ago. <laughs> yep. 
It's Emporio finding all of his new old friends at the gas station. Yep. And that's it. That's Stone Ocean. That's it. That's Stone Ocean. That is all of, so far, animated JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, including yep. including uh, uh, Thus Spoke Rohan, so mm-hmm. far, and uh, some other things we did along the way. Man. Of course, we're not done. We still yes. have episode 90. We still have a guest coming. More on that later. But... Yep. Stone Ocean's in the can, baby. It's Man, done. Man, we're done with Stone Ocean, and I'm sad about it. You know who's not? Japan. Yeah. <laughs> These last episodes haven't aired there yet. Oh, my God. I forgot that they're airing, <laughs> like, weekly there. Wow. <laughs> Fucked up. Yeah, I wonder where they're at in the show. They're in Sea Moon right now. Oh, uh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. I mean, get getting close, but... Mm-hmm. That's going to be stretched out over several weeks. Oh, man, that's rough. <laughs> that's rough to wait for that. I mean, Japan also has VPNs, so like, whatever. Yeah, they can. But... They can <laughs> the Japanese dub is here. Yeah. I, I think they know how it goes. <laughs> yes. The people who really want to know, I think they know. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was so weird knowing so little about JoJo at the start for me, but knowing what happens at the end of part six. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that the entire universe is remade yeah yeah twice (laughs) twice Twice. yes so so yeah let's talk about who these people are who is irene what is irene what what's a anarchist what does that mean yeah yeah it's it might not come as a surprise that the ending of stone ocean is pretty divisive i let let me uh uh, put forward the the takes that i anticipate them to be yep. before i say what i think mm-hmm. uh i'm i'm sure there are people out there that are like these aren't the people that i know who mm-hmm. who are these people and why should i care mm-hmm. they they didn't do the thing these aren't my <laughs> this is not my jolene it's not even her name yeah yeah and also like Everything is so explained when we're in Poochie's plan, and nothing is explained when we break Poochie's plan. Yeah, yeah. Where I land is, uh, this is a world without fate. Mm. We killed fate. (laughs) Yeah. Everything is different now. Like, rather than being chained to the the shackles of history and like there must be a person who kills dio jotaro's dead this lumpy asshole who sucks exists <laughs> yeah everything is wide open but the the irene is exactly like the Jolene that I was always curious about, the Jolene mm-hmm. that doesn't have to be either the world's most hard stand warrior <laughs> yeah. or like pretending to be dumb to get the cute high school boy. Yeah, yeah. Making herself lesser for Romeo's sake because he has such cool hair. <laughs> no, th- this is like... The, the Jolene as her full self, but becoming that way without having the fate of the world on her shoulders. And mm-hmm. she's kind and warm and a protector, but with like little moments of care instead yeah. of breaking people's faces inside <laughs> out. <laughs> and ripping their toenails off. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. That That is kind of some, some of the things I've heard. It's, I think the big thing is, is, really just a oh man all the stuff i like didn't happen now and it's just like well no it never happened it's fiction yeah <laughs> what do you 
talking about? Yeah. Feel, feeling as if this erases everything, but it like all that stuff led up to this new universe happening. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, but, I the last sentence I said played my trump card on that uh, uh, argument. Like, mm-hmm. I don't buy it at all. Yeah. I, I don't. <laughs> yeah. But everything you saw had to, like, okay, let's go in the world. Everything mm-hmm. you saw had to happen to get to this point where we can throw off the shackles of fate, where we can be fully yep. realized, idealized selves, living peaceful lives of of normal struggles, of, like, who who is Anakis? Is Anakis the person Anasui wanted Jolene to make him? Mm-hmm. Does he seem like the kind of guy who would disassemble two people in their component <laughs> parts and spread them on the carpet? <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. I think he's living a better life. The the only thing I want out of this is I just want to see more of that new world. Give me the JoJo slice of life anime. Yeah, I think like I think this is a world without Poochie. This is clearly a world without Poochie. Yeah. Or if there is a Poochie, he's not he, he's not following the path laid out for him to lay out everyone's path. He's mm-hmm. not making problems for everyone. He's just a priest somewhere that uh, uh, is really popular in bureaucracy for some reason. <laughs> yeah. And says weird shit all the time. He's a normal weirdo now. Yay. Yay, normal weirdo. Like I yeah. I am I imagine this hitchhiker they picked up is not the the long lost twin of Father Pucci. He is Wes Bloomerine, the the son of a lady whose infant did not die in infancy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he, he grew up carrying juice for the juice man and now he's hiking across America. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like so what I've what I've read and I haven't been able to find a huge amount of details on this is Araki was getting near the end of Stone Ocean and debating whether or not he should do a normal Jojo ending or this ending, which, you know, he ended up choosing because he ba- mm-hmm. he didn't want to end Jojo, but he did want to find like a permanent end for this Jojo, like mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. currently running Jojo series has been going for, you know, forever. Where it's just like, okay, it's a definitive end. There's no more adventures for them. They're happy. <laughs> yes, they're happy. They're mm-hmm. happy. I also really appreciate the the way that this ends by like making fate itself, the force of fate that we have spent since Thoth, if not yep. earlier, building yep. up as the strongest, most unavoidable force. And like the the way that the the big O diagram lays out that everything is what it is and you can't do shit about it. Like breaking that and making that no longer true. Uh, Taking that off the board also means you can have a story that means anything in light of that. (laughs) Yeah. You can immerse yourself that people like to do in fiction forgetting that it is written by an author who has an agenda to sell manga. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Having fate be what Poochie said it is, what Poochie demonstrated it is in the Emporio solo mission part yeah. of the story, yeah. is the most like deflationary, who fucking cares way to read a story. Mm-hmm. And so we, not anymore. It's gone. It's done. Yay. We did a Final Fantasy VII remake. Yay. <laughs> I mean, yes, actually. Yeah, it's it's the same thing. Yeah, I I do like this ending. Yes, it is the, from from here on out, any new JoJo stuff is a completely new world. 
kind of not not quite like a blank slate because so much of what was established in previous JoJo's like continues on in both style and you know stand fights and all that shit. Uh, mm-hmm. I've seen some out of context panels of like later JoJo stands. Yeah, and I think Made in Heaven is kind of a blueprint for what stands yes. to be. Yes, absolutely. Like, made it when, when Made in Heaven popped out. I'm like, that's very much in line with some of these people that I've only seen in pages. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. But it, it it is just a a fresh start for JoJo with, with part seven onwards. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And there there's some the little things I know about part seven and eight. We absolutely get revisits of old JoJo characters as new interpretations of them, and it's really fun to do. In this universe, the Speedwagon Foundation is very involved in Rhodesia. <laughs> yeah. They don't like to talk about it. Uh-uh. Oh, man. I just wish we got one cutaway with Speedwagon scientists trying to figure out what the fuck is happening. I think mm-hmm, that would have mm-hmm. been fun. Like, in, in the end credits, I was also a little disappointed that neither young nor old REO Speedwagon shows up. Yeah, yeah. But I, I really like the scenes they picked for all of them. Uh, and the only thing I'm really angry about is there's there's no Raimi silhouette. Like, come on. She was yeah, kind of sucks. fucking vital to that event Extremely. even. Yeah. Let, let alone the whole part. Come on now. Now that we've gotten through to the end of Stone Ocean, I want to bring up. So there is, we, we, I, I believe we mentioned it before in like one of the other recaps, is that there is a novel out there about George Joestar. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it is not canonical, but... It is a uh, dem- it is a child rearing manual that no uh-huh. one should read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, or sorry, not no. It is George Joestar, but like the second George Joestar. Oh, oh, the fun one. Yeah, the, the one who the punches one, zombies. Yeah, the one. Yeah, the the <laughs> the one who gets punched by zombies more like. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the 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 fighter pilot. Yes, and it is a time traveling dimension hopping adventure. Where th- this is like an alternate universe, George Joestar, who is a detective, I believe, mm-hmm. and it has to do with the powers of Made in Heaven looping time like thirty six times or something, and bringing back in thirty six alternate dimension versions of cars who has been rescued from space <laughs> due to the powers of Made in Heaven. It's wild. I feel. Uh... I feel very bad for the people who are keeping track of the the car's distance chart, yeah, but that's no longer relevant. <laughs> yeah. That is that is a shame that, mm-hmm. that we're losing that in the new universe. Yeah, it's we, we can get one last hurrah and maybe calculate where he was before time began to accelerate. <laughs> I was expecting, and I guess in, in any other version of this story, what would happen would be... We would know, like, the author of this new universe, or, like, Mm. Emporio would make a change, and we would find out what he did. I think it's I think it's interesting. I think it's very JoJo, in fact, that we don't. Mm-hmm. That the the best theory I have to run on is this is just what happens when you take the shackles of fate off. You yeah. just run the simul <laughs> the simulation of life itself, and things now that things can go a different way, they do. What does mm-hmm. that mean? Who knows? Find out in a later part. Yeah. But if this was written by like the the Hollywood method, mm-hmm. someone would ask the question. And it would have to be answered, no, what's the, the divergence point? What, mm-hmm. what gets changed in history? And what if it is just like genociding the pre-pillar men? 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so these like fucking ancient alien vampires aren't eating early humans. Yeah. If you don't make the stone mask, none of this fucking shit happens. Get, kill the pillar men. Kill the pillar men. They caused all of this shit. Eject them into space now. Because, <laughs> you know, Emporio was reading a book, and that book told him all about the pillar men. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, at some point, some Speedwagon Foundation materials accidentally made their way into the archives, and <laughs> he read the dossier and the pillar men and cars. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh... Thanks a lot, cars. <laughs> you wanted your hand to turn into squirrels and you caused the universe to loop in on itself. Great job, asshole. Jolene is dead and it's your fault, cars. Yeah, fuck you. She was cool. First and last JoJo's. Dead. Gone. Yep. Dead. Yep. We got Irene. Irene fucking rules. I like Irene. Mm-hmm. She makes an immediate, strong, positive impression on me. But Jolene, fucking dead. Yep. And I think the way Jolene goes out is why I feel so strongly that Irene is just Jolene with uh, different opportunities. Because, mm-hmm. uh, like, what does she do? She takes care of Emporio. Yeah. She wraps him up with a little sweater <laughs> that ties him to uh, <laughs> ties him to a dolphin. Yep. And she protects the little boy. <laughs> like, you don't see it happen on screen, but she absolutely has a juice box for him. Uh-huh. He's got a juice it's tucked box. in his shirt along with the disc. Yep, yep. Sucks for Emporio, though. He's got all this knowledge, all this crazy <laughs> shit that happens, and what does he do with that? And he's still got weather report in his brain. That's why it was raining so hard at the end. Oh, yeah, it sucks to be the strongest man alive. <laughs> well, you just gotta hope that nothing ever traumatizes you in such a way. It sucks to immediately meet up with all your best friends who are living better, more fulfilling yeah, lives. Okay, sure. Like, it's, it's traumatizing the th- in the moment. I guess. I, I think the most meaningful thing about these these new old friends is that none of them are in prison. Yeah. The newborn universe's Aramis mentions her sister. And I forget if she said, uh, uh, she always says or she always said, don't oh, let's see. Uh, uh, meet up with strangers. Because that, mm. Let's see if I can find that line real quick. She says, my sister used to always tell me. You saw oh, that's that's really ambiguous. Yeah, that is something you could say about a living and dead person equally. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, so I'm going to be an optimist and say, yeah, Gloria or whatever Gloria is named in the new universe still alive. Yeah. 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 Much, much like Stardust Crusaders when it ended. I, I recall talking about how it really feels like the end of a whole project Mm -hmm. in the way that say battle tendency didn't also feel like an end to uh phantom blood yeah while stone ocean doesn't weave that through huh weave strings huh uh Uh, we weave that through the entire narrative as much as uh stardust crusaders does the the particularities of its ending absolutely do oh yeah and and then to have that that extra juice added in in the uh big retrospective end credits Mm mm-hmm Jojo could stop right here, really. Yeah. I'm happy that and it does In a sense, it did. Yeah. The, the, in a sense, it did, but in a, a greater, more literal sense, it didn't, which is also good. <laughs> yeah. The, this first run of Jojo is complete. And now there's Jojo 2. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> Jojo 2. First, I hope it does get animated because I yeah. would like to continue this show 
talking about animated uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Oh, yeah. Second, like, next best thing for me, I would like them to come out and say, we're never going to do it so I can read it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In, in a way that I, I could be con- confident wouldn't spoil possibly making the show this <laughs> yeah. way. Yeah. That part As mentioned when sucks. we had Arden come on. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. This show will continue in the uh, uh, short term yep. with episode 90, our special uh, uh, guest episode, end of part, as always. Mm-hmm. But because of scheduling issues, it won't come next week. It will come in two weeks on the Mm -hmm. 27th. Mm -hmm. On the 20th, we're going to have a little special something up for you. But because we have to delay the recording, that means we have time to solicit questions. We're not going to record that until after you're hearing this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like the... The backlog that we always talk about is fucking dead, which means... It's gone. (laughs) Yeah, so any questions you got for us, send those to chipcheesum at chipandironicus.com. Put Stone Ocean in the uh, uh, subject line for sortability purposes, please. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, now, you know we're both on Twitter. You know we're both on co-host. You might be in one or eight, you know, uh, uh, Discord servers with one or the other of us. But if you send questions in any of those places, for organization's sake, we're going to send you to the email address. Mm-hmm. That's It's just a, a, a practical thing. Yep. But please, please get those in to that email. What was it again? That is chipcheesum at chipandironicus.com. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to seeing what people want to know. Yeah. Uh, I'm also looking forward to talking with our guest who is, uh, I want to announce, we never announced before the thing, Mm -hmm. but just know if I did, I think it would count as an announcement. Yeah. (laughs) Let's just say that. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I'll mention it again as it gets closer, but as Stone Ocean comes to a close, if you really, really want to hear me talk about bug fuck nuts shit <laughs> on television sex archie returns on april 1st april fool's day hey. for the, the farewell season of riverdale season seven sex archie's back elena and i uh you want to talk about resetting the universe with time travel man <laughs> uh there's another parallel because as you'll recall the season six finale ended with all of our heroes uh, burning out their superpowers in order to divert a comet from striking the Earth. <laughs> and through some unforeseen feedback, shot everyone back to not just the 1950s, but the day the news broke of James Dean's death. Oh, wow. The most 1950s. <laughs> and that is where season seven picks up. <laughs> with no one, no one having any memory of living in the 21st century, let alone the, the events uh, uh, in specific of the first six seasons, except, of course, for Jughead Jones. <laughs> <laughs> in many ways, the Emporio of Riverdale. Oh, my God. <laughs> We're going to have a great time. I think with it being the the farewell season, we're going to get back to doing some some bonuses. I want to do an mm. episode on the new Archies, the like the cartoon series with the really different, very sort of pup named Scooby-Doo style character designs mm. for everyone. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, just search Sex Archie on your uh, uh, podcast app of choice and uh, you're going to find... Lots and lots of of really fun, fun stuff with my wife and I talk about Riverdale and uh, a related and attendant uh, (laughs) IP. Mm -hmm. Uh, While you're on those apps, why don't you you give us a rating and review? I think we have concluded something fantastic here. 
Yeah, absolutely. This has been a really fun time doing this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, And while you're helping boost us algorithmically, uh, you know what sucks? Trusting algorithms. Yeah. I mean, it's nice when it works, but just look at the world around you. Look at the digital space in which you inhabit. Does it really work? Mm. You know, it works way better talking to people, telling people about the show. And more than that, saying what you enjoy about it, uh, uh, whether it's a quote or a bit or a perspective or something more long term. uh, Tell a friend about the show and and why you want to tell them about it. Uh, uh, I think that's really valuable. And sometimes I'm going to let in a teeny tiny little secret. Sometimes I name search and it, it brightens <laughs> my day so much because the people who like the show fucking love this show and mm-hmm. it means so much to me. Yeah. This just being a constant for the past couple years now has been really great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And while I keep saying end, fill in of Stone Ocean in parentheses, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. We haven't talked mm-hmm. about what form this show is going to take, but we both agree it's going to take a form. We're going to take a, a break. We're going to take a little hiatus while we plan mm-hmm. the next format or the next thing. But Bizarre Podcast Dogs Must Die or something very much like it will be coming back oh, uh, yeah. uh, before too long. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't, don't worry your heads about that. Uh, so with that again, uh, next week, we're going to be back with, uh, you probably guessed it. It's a a, a best of clip show of Stardust Mm -hmm. Crusaders. And the week after that, the 27th episode 90 proper, uh, our, our special guest talking about stone ocean. And then again, we'll talk about it by, by the time we record that we might've made a decision actually. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, so look for that as well as all the fun stuff we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah th- again thanks everyone mm-hmm. for like sticking with us yes listening to to all this stuff and enjoying jojo's with us along the way and you know until next episode and to be fair being frustrated at jojo's with us along the <laughs> way <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it hasn't been smooth as butter the whole time like yeah. come on now yeah <laughs> but but those are also also fun parts in their own way to be sure yeah absolutely but until then, see you later. To be continued. Post.